brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Nikola Vucevic's fine for giving the ref a finger. We're also going to dive into the mailbag because it's Saturday. That means it's the mailbag episode. So this episode's focus all on you guys. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So first up, Nikola Vucevic got fined $15,000 for uh, flipping off a referee in the game against New Orleans Pelicans. Now, this isn't major news. This is, I think it's more funny than anything because just looking back at that whole moment, the way he casually put up the finger... Um, some people said that maybe he was actually doing it towards adjusting it towards a player, not a ref. It doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> the, the NBA has fined Nikola Vucevic $15,000, which is bananas. That's just that's crazy. Between Vooch is fine now and DeMar DeRozan, I think he's like second or third in the NBA in techs already this season. This is just this is a crazy and wild um, uh, just start of the season to so many different degrees for so many different reasons, which we'll get into in the mailbag. At the end of the day, it's this. Is this a major deal? No. Is, is it, was he suspended or anything? No. Was he at risk to be? No. Thank God, right? I, I mean, I, I would hate to see what would happen if they did suspend Nikola Vucevic, even if it was for a game for something like this. Now, considering we're going up against Denver next, that would just, that would just been the next thing to happen. There's just always something going on with the Chicago Bulls that, you know, it, it kind of is what it is there. But, you know, luckily, outside of that, no other major deals are um, major issues at all. It does suck. I won't lie. It does suck that, you know, he gets fined after a game where he just, you know, his frustration just came out. And we have a voicemail on stuff with the referee, so I'll wait and get into a lot of what I want to say uh, there then. But at the end of the day, Vooch fine, 15000 Let's go ahead and move in. Let's jump into the mailbag. This first mailbag uh, voicemail is from Paul. Yeah. Hey, Hayes. This is uh, Paul again. And, uh, I was listening to your Friday episode, which I agree with most of what you're saying, but um, there's value out there for Kobe because a lot of people, if you look at trades, a lot of time guys will see that this guy just isn't being played right in this scheme and this set. And with our set, just like uh, Golden State with um, um, trading and, and, and getting the uh, – Power forward, uh, he was like a first round pick or, um, I can't remember the young man name. And he was practically the, the MVP of the finals if it wasn't for Steph Curry. So, I mean, there, there's value out there when a guy's not performing on the roster. But the second statement is, um, uh, uh, I mentioned to you Jared Vanderbilt and then there's DJ Wilson. That's just, I don't know if he, Signed overseas or whatever, six ten, seven three wingspan. One of the last players cut with the Raptors. Good ball player um, to, to help with some of that length that you need in those late scoring games. He's just not going to win. When a smaller guy get tired, if he can't jump 
if he jumps two, three inches less than he was jumping like a Javante Green, that means a lot because he's small to begin with. And after he ran up the court 20 times, he's just not going to have that explosiveness that he had when he comes in the game and he's fresh. And, you know, so that's something they the team needs to explore. And the last thing, um, Billy Donovan, he's not a good, good at coaching guys up or getting guys younger players better. I mean, I'm looking at Portland, the way Chauncey Billups, and you look at New Orleans Pelicans with with, with uh, their coaching staff. A lot of these coaching staffs, they just they can coach these young players up and get them to that next level real easy. Uh, Billing, that's that's not his cup of tea. I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but that's not what he's good at. Every coach is not good at something. And uh, I appreciate your time. Thanks, you. All right. So Paul leaves a couple of things, right? We're gonna do. We're gonna do it step by step. The first one is we're gonna go go into value for Kobe White. Um, not that Kobe White has everyone has value in the league. It's just is that valuable? Comp, is that value comparable to it being worth trading the player? So while you made a lot of comparisons and say that there's always a, a way for a t- for a player to be moved, not for a player that is coming off statistically one of their most inconsistent seasons. And then they followed it up so far with their their worst statistical season so far in their career, even though it's short. Kobe White, not to say that he has no trade value. I'm sure if the Bulls wanted to trade him for like into like somebody's cap space or something like that, they probably could. But at that point, it's not worth it. You might as well let it play out in free agency. And I think that plays a part as well. And for example, you made the comparison to Wiggins, right? And you made that comparison. I believe you were talking about Wiggins when you when you talked about a Ford um on uh Golden State who who really played a uh, big for the Golden State Warriors last um, playoff run. But the difference between when, when the Golden State Warriors traded for for Andrew Wiggins, Wiggins at that point had had three seasons of averaging 20 points per game on efficient shooting, uh, even his seasons outside of that, his rookie season six. So Wiggins still, to, he had disappointed some people according to where he was drafted, right? Absolutely. Being the first overall pick, there were absolutely some people that were disappointed in Wiggins' ability to carry a team because he's just not that player that can carry or elevate a team. But don't don't ever really compare Andrew Wiggins to Kobe White because Wiggins came in and performed in his season hugely, right? Averaging, having three seasons of averaging 20 points per game before the Golden State Warriors bring you in, that's not nothing to shake your head at. So, yeah, he played big. He's always had the ability to score. He did step up his game a lot last season, but let's not act like um let's not act like it was just nothing. Uh and they also traded him for D'Angelo Russell, who's a hell of a player himself at that point in time. D'Angelo Russell had been putting up numbers as well. So I don't really like the Wiggins to to Kobe comparison because technically if you're gonna make a comparison like that, you can compare it to anybody. Well, such and such didn't really perform, but they traded him. You have to look at what Kobe White's specific situation is. And there's a couple things going on with Kobe White's situation that's pro- that's gonna keep him from being traded, in my opinion. That's one, he's not performing as of yet. That could change, right? Two, mo- any team that's interested in him is probably gonna be a team that's bad. Those teams tend to have some cap space, they can throw money at Kobe White this offseason rather than trade assets for him and hold on to their assets. That's always the difficult thing when you get a player that's at this point and you, the team doesn't know what to do with him. That's why you see a lot of a lot of teams, even with like the Mo Bamba situation, how they waived his rights but still signed him back, and now they're not even playing him. But you you see that type of thing a lot in the league is where a because rather than lose a player for nothing, right, um, or whether uh, at this point, whether you trade a player 
and give up assets, you might as well wait. When they're free agency and restricted free agency at that, and then if teams are smart, they're looking at how much money the Bulls are about to spend because they have to extend I.O., just extended uh, Zach Levine. Um, Caruso still under contract another year. Zoe still has another two years on his contract, I believe, after this. That's a lot of, of money at the guard position. So teams are probably going to try to wait it out. And even if they end up overpaying for Kobe White, keep in mind, if you're a bad team that is trying to bet on the potential of Kobe White, yeah, if you if you end up overpaying, it's okay. You're not going to be in contendership anyway. You give Kobe a two plus one by the time you know, you're ready to contend or you take a look at things, Kobe's off your books. So there's a lot of, uh, of logical reasons that would keep the Chicago Bulls from trading Kobe White. Now, you made this comparison, or not comparison, but you also brought up DJ Wilson. Uh, DJ Wilson, I looked, I looked at, at his measurables. He's already, the thing that, that I think, A, he's never really done anything on the NBA level. He's had opportunities. Not like he's played 146 career NBA games in that time. Uh, he shot the ball, yeah, 41%, but on very uh, very few amount of shots. He's averaging 12 minutes per game in his career and only 4.4 points per game in his career. So I'm not really looking at DJ Wilson as somebody the Bulls should go after. The Bulls are going to go after somebody. They're going to go after somebody who you're surefire and you know what you're getting from them. Not somebody that's toiling around in the G League right now. He plays for the OKC uh, Thunder team. So, Paul, while I do appreciate the voicemail, again, I got to kind of disagree with you on a couple of your points there. Again, not to say that, my my opinion holds more weight than yours because it doesn't. We could very well see Kobe White traded and maybe to a team that sees his potential and has a clearer role for him and can let him give up, get up a bunch of shots. I just don't know if the Bulls do end up moving Kobe White this season if it nets back what some Bulls fans are wanting. But all right, let's go ahead and move from that one. Let's get into this next one. This one's from Jamal. What's up, Hayes? This is your boy Jamal back again. Another voicemail. So you got three minutes. Let's get started. So another week goes by. Um... Bulls took some major ills this week and everything that that I wasn't too happy about. It looks like we are heading in not, I don't want to say the opposite direction of last year, but things that we did really well last year were not really doing well this year. Prime example being the fact that last year when it came to clutch, um, clutch, not clutch scoring, but um, winning games in clutch situations, we were one of the better teams at doing that, whereas this season we don't seem to be doing so well when it comes to executing in the clutch, and I think that still goes along with the Bulls having to just get better, man. I mean, I, I know I can say growth all day long and it gets tiresome, but it really is that the Bulls have got to learn and be able to come together and learn how to execute well, both offensively and defensively, in clutch games. There's been too many times where we turned the ball over or just did not execute well enough on either side and it led to other teams getting easy buckets and things like that, or easy stops. Um, all, we have to play more disciplined defense, uh, defense. We are fouling way too much. And, yes, the West have been some bitches uh, this season and everything like that. No disrespect to them, but, like, they've been not been the best West in the world. But <clears throat> there's only so much blame you can give them. They had some shoddy calls against the game against the New Orleans Pelicans, some missed calls, but at the same time, you know, we still have to be disciplined about not getting into foul trouble, especially early. In the fourth quarter, we were in the penalty with like nine minutes left, nine and a half minutes left. We have got to do better. But another thing that needs to be worked on, and this is coming from the coach, Billy Donovan. You know how I feel. I don't really hate Billy Donovan. I think he's a good coach to work. We're looking for right now. But if he ever wants to get <clears throat> to that point of being a true champion, 
chip level coach. He has got to learn how to adjust on the fly. And that's something that I think he does not do a very good job on. Adjusting after a game, <clears throat> um, I think he does an excellent job at that. You know, I, that's evident by the two back to back games against Toronto. Learning to adjust after a game is one thing. But <clears throat> great coaches learn how to adjust on the fly. You know, Jackson did it great. Popovich does it. Steve Kerr can do it. You have to know when matchups matter. There was no reason to have Alex Cusso out there as a fourth guard out there. We have Zach DeMar and Goran Dragic out there as well. You needed to have Patrick Williams in there because Patrick's made excellent defense and can actually size up against Zion and Brandon Ingram. So those are things that I have my thoughts on. Let me know what you think, man. As always, see where it go, boys. Peace. All righty. And so um jamal always like i said before jamal you really need to think about getting a podcast brother like and i don't even say that as a joke like your 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 ideas are all very well thought out you clearly watch the team right that's the biggest part in this and you're passionate about it but you said you're, you're concerned about the, are the bulls headed in the right direction and on the episode yesterday the daily episode on friday i talked heavily about that right how the the bulls in clutch possessions and clutch time just have not been good this season and they do need to execute better on both sides of the ball. And so I think when I, when you look at the issues that are plaguing the Chicago Bulls right now, it's all stuff in their control. They they control executing better, right? They control they control giving that effort on the defense and offensive end of the ball. Um, now some of the things outside of their control, like refereeing things like that, but the Bulls need to get better at the things that they can control, the things that they they can do, whether it's slowing down, playing solo, so you can execute the ball better. Whatever it is, the Bulls need to figure it out because that is one of the biggest things, that probably the biggest thing that's affected the Bulls winning most more of these games. The Bulls really, out of the the thirteen games that they played, they could very well right now be like nine and four, and maybe even more than that had they played better, executed better in crunch time. So while I know a lot of Bulls fans are comparing this to last season. Very different season. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill very dis different eastern conference as well very different start to the schedule for the chicago bulls too they need to figure it out and they need to control the things that are controllable with them now for the second part of your voicemail could billy donovan become a championship level coach right i'm gonna i'm gonna use the same thing that i use when i talk about patrick williams nowadays is this people come in with potential billy donovan came in to the nba as a coach with the with hu huge potential as a coach when you look at the, the way he kept those florida teams in, in the national conversation, they were always good, played solid. The way he recruited, the way he did develop those players, 
You come into the NBA, your potential super high. He he comes in, he inherits a team that is all that is basically championship level team at that point as far as being a contender in their conference, right, or for their conference title. But they never really got to the place that people thought that they would. Now they also took James Harden away from that roster, and they probably should have kept and let Billy Donovan really rock that out for another couple of years. But there, there's something to be said with Billy Donovan's ability to really develop talent right develop high level talent develop raw talent like he's some people have come in that have really just refined skills they've already had under billy donovan but you've never really seen somebody really like a Kawhi type development like a paul george type development where they come in really kind of very raw and they turn into this finished product in my opinion and so there is some concern there i don't know if billy donovan ever becomes a championship level coach unless he has one of those teams that are just stacked from the to the gill with with talent but you know the things that that keep billy donovan from getting that to your point are especially in a playoff series the adjustments uh the the reacting to random defense that's one thing that hurt the okc thunder in their championship uh, uh chance at a championship is once teams started doing just weird random stuff to them on the defensive end he never really typically has adjusted well to that so I don't know if he ever gets to becoming a championship level coach. I don't know if he ever gets to that being a, the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. But, you know, we'll see uh, where do things have happened. I guess will remain to be seen. And hopefully if it does happen, it happens in the Chicago Bulls organization. All right, let's move into this next one. This one's from Mingo. Hey, hey, man. Hey, this is your boy Mingo, man. Hey, I was sitting here thinking, man, I love basketball, man. I love all kind of shows, Stephen A, NBA TV. You know what I'm saying? But we need a little mix of something new. You know what I'm saying? Wife got her her reality shows, her love and hip-hop and stuff. And, and I'm, I'm just trying to, you know what I'm saying, be more innovative, man, when it comes to sports. Like, like why we can't talk to the refs after the game? You know, Kendall get doing the post-game interview, you know what I'm saying, then they break in with the Billy, you know what I'm saying, post-game, you know, discussion of what happened during the game. Let's talk to the refs, man, after the games. Why you can't talk to the refs? Talk about what calls was missed, what calls was loved, why you think this wasn't a – uh, a foul, why call this foul, what did you see? You know what I'm saying? I know they don't make as much money as NBA players, but you know what I'm saying? I think they should be fine, too. You should find them $1,000, $1,500 for missed calls, bogus calls. You know what I'm saying? Because cause that tick that, that Vooch got, sometimes you got to do that, man. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, I appreciate it, man, when Vooch told that told that ref, basically, man, hey, 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 ref, I, w- I want you to take that whistle off your neck. You, you know, I want you to sign it up real nice and turn that something sideways. Sometimes you got to do that, man. Appreciate you. Uh, love your show. All right. Now, this is the one that I alluded to a little bit earlier, and he asked about should refs have basically have a media availability after games? And here's the reason why I don't think the NBA – I agree. Let me let me be clear here. First off, say I would love for that to happen. I think that does happen. I think they need to be held accountable. I wouldn't mind seeing some fines levied towards referees when they clearly have this history of getting calls wrong. But – why they don't have media availability? Because I think the Tim Donahue thing plays a part. You don't want the referees to become stars. You don't want them, the referees, to. while it, it's part of my issues that they're dictating these games a lot, and that's problematic, but you don't want the referees' personality really to get out there. I don't think the NBA does. They don't want them to sit there, and then the next thing you know, refs are like, he he ended up with the media and, 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 and stuff, and it's just like their personalities make people forgive them or whatever else. You, the refs are there to do a job when you when if the referees are doing their job well you don't necessarily notice the referees specifically are there right if they're calling the 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 games fair even and consistent you don't even think about it you just kind of all right the ref, the officiating was good we don't need we don't we don't pay attention to who the refs are i think if the if they did start having refs have media availability it would completely open up a door and a can of worms that i'm not sure the nba really wants to get into 
But let me know what you guys think on that one. All right, let's get into this next one. This one's from Shay. What's up, man? This is your boy. I don't even need to tell my name because you know who I am. But uh, <laughs> I was thinking, with Patrick Williams and Ayo DeSumo playing such great defense these last couple of games that we've had, and them completely taking some of the best scores out of the game. Do you see a future defensive player of the year in either one of their futures? Or, matter of fact, I'm even going to go a step even farther. Do you see a defensive player of the year in Ayo DeSumo's future this year and him taking that award away from Marcus Smart? Because the way he's been playing and the way he's been funding people – like Kyle Lowry, CJ McCollum, Kyrie Irving, and all these other guards that he's been playing. Now, don't get me wrong, he's gotten cooked by some, but for the most part, he's been giving everybody hell. I just want to know, he could, as a potential, he could maybe make his case for defensive player of the year. You never know. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. All right. Jay, what a great question. Can Io DeSumo or Patrick Williams be defensive player of the year? Now, the key thing that you said in this is this year. No. I know the team has to have a level of success. They would uh, like that. I don't know if this team's going to have this season, right? Not to say that I'm down on the bull season, not to say that I still don't think the bulls are a playoff. I think all of it. the bulls are still a playoff team. They still have the chance to get to, to the second round, I think, um, or maybe more. We'll see how, how this team looks when Lonzo gets back. But at the end of the day, I don't think that the team is going to have the top of the Eastern conference type success for these players to get on that radar. I would assume I do think will win a defensive player of the year award in his career, just looking at the way he guards, like he has every opportunity to, or a six-man of the year award once Lonzo comes back and he's off the bench for a full season, there's definitely potential in Ayo Desumo to be that. Absolutely potential for that. But the key thing you said in this year, I'm not sure. Now, as far as Patrick Williams, I do think that he can. I think Patrick Williams isn't the type of disruptive defender that Ayo Desumo is. Like, Ayo steals, blocks, like, uh, to a degree. But you, you feel it, right? Because he's at that position of point guard. When Io is doing things and playing amazing defense, it's so damn evident that I think it gets on the on the radar a little bit more. When Patrick Williams does things, I think that when he even when he plays great defense, you have to kind of go back and look at the possessions. You have to be watching the game, specifically keyed on P. Will. How many people here, like, they talk about P Patrick Williams and they don't really pay attention to the game. They just look at the box score or they look at what the opponent did. Like, the things that Patrick Williams does, he's not as, as a – eye-popping defender, I think, as Ayo DeSumo is at times. That's just my opinion. But I do think that Patrick Williams has the potential to be that type of player. We need to see Patrick Williams be consistent before we can ever talk about any type of postseason awards for Patrick Williams, which he's getting to. He's been very consistent over the last handful of games. So not to say that, you know, he, he can't be or have not seen him be consistent. But I think that if I'm going to bet on one of these players to get a defensive player of the year award first, it's going to go to Ayo DeSumo for my money. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's from Jose Sanchez. Hey, what's going on, Hayes? What's going on, Hayes? This is Jose Sanchez out here from Puerto Rico. Doing some love, bro. Um, really appreciate, you know, what you've done in Chicago Bulls Central, Chicago Bears Central also. Um, and just want to, you know, come through and um, actually give you a little uh, uh, hot take that I had. Um, I know it might not be a very popular <laughs> hot take, but um, I'm thinking about this basketball-wise and what it can do for the Bulls, uh, at least this season. Um, and, it's, you know, my hot take is, why don't the Bulls uh, make a trade for Kyrie Irving? Um, I know, you know, money-wise, it's not going to happen because of Kyrie's contract. But then again, think about it this way. Kyrie right now, uh, his value is at all-time low. I mean, Brooklyn's going to be lucky if they get a second-round pick 
sport. So, you know, teams that are right now are not, you know, chomping at the bit to get him um, with all the situation going around with him. But like I said, think about it from this perspective. Um, Basketball-wise, what he can do for the second unit uh, for the Bulls. If you can sell him uh, on coming onto the Bulls, coming off the bench, man, would that elevate that bench in a heartbeat. I mean, imagine him, and the trade would be, you know, get Kobe White, Tony Bradley, Marcos Aronovic, and whoever else uh, for him. If you have, say you have Kyrie, um, Devontae Green, uh, have him coming off the bench, Ayo and Lonzo comes back, uh, Alex Caruso. Can you imagine... You know, that unit, that bench unit, he's a much more reliable scorer than what Kobe is right now. Um, he's a better playmaker. But like I said, you know, his situation was, you know, uh, the Brooklyn Nets are not going to get a lot for him. So I'm just saying, you know, why don't the Bulls just, you know, throw it out there, see what Brooklyn says, and, you know, see what comes of that. I mean, like I said, you know, it would benefit the Bulls in the long run. Um, basically, well, not even in the long run, in the short run um, for this year because he's free and I guess next year. But that would benefit the Bulls a lot. So, you know, tell me what you think. Like I said, you know, um, appreciate the work you've done in Chicago Bulls Central, Chicago Bears Central. Um, and, you know, looking forward to hearing more from you, bro. All right? So, peace. All the way from Puerto Rico. Take care, bro. All right. So, I, I disagree with a couple of things in this. First, you're saying that uh, teams aren't willing to buy, kind of like what uh, what I said about Kobe White. Kyrie Irving is an unrestricted free agent this offseason. It makes no sense, really, when you look at teams, when they look at the turmoil and everything going down in the Brooklyn Nets, like if the Brooklyn Nets wanted a hill lot, it just doesn't make sense for you to give it when you possibly could have the chance to sign him as a free agent. Keep in mind, even though he's an unrestricted free agent, if you still need to, you can you can do a, a signing trade if the Brooklyn Nets, especially if they're blowing it up or just want some talent back to not lose Kyrie for Irving for nothing, you still have the option to do that. That's why I think we don't really see, and we don't even know if Kyrie's made available. Something came out today that him and the owner of the Nets actually met. They had a positive meeting. Joseph Tsai is confident that Kyrie Irving has no uh, anti-Semitic views, so he's, he's on his way back to the team as well. I don't know if they can re- Forge that relationship enough for him to stay there long term. I still think he's probably gone in the offseason. But, you know, I don't know if that, oh, you can buy low on Kyrie is a thing. And that goes into my second point specifically about the Bulls. The Bulls just don't have the assets for Jerry for Kyrie Irving. They don't. Like, they they don't. They don't have the picks. They don't have really the easy salaries to match. Um, sure, you can, you can work up something in the trade machine, but not something that necessarily makes sense. Um, I wouldn't see that they give up Lonzo for Kyrie Irving. Then you mentioned Kyrie Irving coming off the bench. I tell you what, Kyrie Irving ain't coming off the bench, brother. He's not coming off the bench for anybody, I don't think. Um, could be wrong on that, but I don't think that. Um, so if you look to move, make a move for Kyrie Irving, that's for him to be your starting point guard. At that point, you kind of have to include Lonzo. I don't know if the Bulls are willing to do that again because Kyrie is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, so you have no guarantees he's going to stay there. That's why a couple of logic reasons I don't think the Bulls do it, a couple of financial reasons I don't think the Bulls do it, and just I don't think the Bulls have the assets even if they really wanted to. But I guess if they, if it was a hard thing, if AK was like, Kyrie Irving is the missing piece to make this Bulls a championship contender, oh, they'll find a way to get it done. I just don't know if they see that, especially when you look at the money that he's probably going to command, even if you do re-sign him um, in the offseason. So that's why I don't necessarily see Kyrie Irving coming to the Chicago Bulls. But again, like I say always, this is just my thoughts. I can be completely wrong. We can get to February and Kyrie Irving could be a Chicago Bull. Don't think it's likely. Is it a possibility? 
anything's possible to quote Kevin Garnett. So I guess we'll see on that one. But that's it for the mailbag episode today. Make sure you guys get in those voicemails if you want to sign off because, you know, we do mailbag Saturday and Sunday. So we'll have another mailbag tomorrow as well. Um, but outside of that, make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text or voicemail to sound off and get your voice heard on the mailback episodes, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in everything on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. And see red. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every Every time you buy gas, use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.